हेलो दिस इज सुप्रीति फ्रॉम न्यूज लॉन्ड्री डॉट कॉम ब्रिंगिंग यू योर डेली डोज ऑफ न्यूज टूडे सैटरडे दुलाई इंडिया रिपोर्टेड थर्टी नाइन थाउजेंड एंड नाइनटी सेवन न्यू कोरोना वायरस केसेज इन द लास्ट ट्वेंटी फोर आवर्स विच टेक्स द कंट्री स्टैली टू ओवर थ्री पॉइंट वन थ्री क्रॉर फाइव हंड्रेड एंड फोर्टी सिक्स पीपल लॉस देयर लाइफ टू द वायरस येस्टडे पुशिंग इंडियाज डेथ टोल टू ओवर फोर These numbers however must be regarded with skepticism as they are likely undercounts. The government told the Lok Sabha yesterday that due to the evolving and dynamic nature of the pandemic no fixed timeline could be indicated immediately for the completion of the COVID-19 vaccination drive. However, the government did expect all beneficiaries aged 18 years and above to be inoculated by December this year. It is worth noting that as of yesterday only 6.6% of the total indian population has been fully vaccinated against according to our world in data i'll take this opportunity to remind you to take your vaccine if you haven't already in other covid related news yesterday bharat biotech said that it has terminated the memorandum of understanding to sell its coronavirus vaccine covaxin to brazil A federal investigation is currently underway into alleged irregularities in a contract between Brazil's health ministry and Bharat Biotech for 2 crore doses of Covaxin. The deal was made despite Covaxin's failure to obtain regulatory clearance for the vaccine's use in the country. The Brazilian government thus suspended its contract with Bharat Biotech on June 29th. Subsequently on July 2nd a Supreme Court judge in Brazil opened a criminal investigation into President Jair Bolsonaro's role in the deal Authorities are investigating if Bolsonaro committed the crime of prevarication which includes delaying or refraining from action required as part of a public official's duty for reasons of personal interest Bharat Biotech on its part has claimed that it followed a step-by-step approach for supply contracts and regulatory approvals for its coronavirus vaccine. The Editors Guild of India has released a statement expressing concern over government agencies being used as a coercive tool to suppress free and independent journalism. This came a day after the Income Tax Department raided the offices of Media Group Dainik Bhaskar as well as Uttar Pradesh based TV channel Bharat Samachar. It emphasized that the raids were all the more disturbing given the recent reports on the use of the Pegasus software for widespread surveillance of journalists and civil society activists. Another incident that occurred yesterday along similar lines was the routine security check a policeman undertook at the Wires office. Siddharth Vardarajan, a founding editor of the news website, called the routine check strange as the policeman reportedly asked to speak to a few of the organization's reporters while also asking to see the portal's rent agreement. The deputy commissioner of police New Delhi claimed that the check was part of security and anti-terrorism measures such as tenant verification done throughout Delhi in the run-up to the Independence Day. The use of random checks, raids and the like are subtle tools of intimidation that journalists reporting in India have unfortunately become all too familiar with. The most recent addition to the unending list of intimidation tactics is the Pegasus software. While Reporters Without Borders, an international collective of journalists headquartered in Paris, has declared that it will bring legal action against those responsible for carrying out mass surveillance through the Israeli spyware Pegasus. The same kind of uproar has been somewhat missing among Indian journalists. 
You can read Ayush Tiwari's report titled Why Indian Journalists Aren't Moving Court Over Pegasus Snooping Anytime Soon to Know More. While journalists don't seem to be rattled enough to move the courts anytime soon, that does not mean that they are not outraged. Anna Priyadarshini attended a protest held at the Press Club of India on Thursday, which was held to condemn the surveillance of journalists and activists. Read her report titled A Direct Attack on Democracy. Journalist bodies denounce Pegasus snooping. M.K. Venu, a founding editor of The Wire, told Anna that India was under an undeclared emergency. This claim is not without merit. There was a post I came across recently on Twitter that read, and I quote, First, they came after the journalists. We don't know what happened after that. End quote. The urgency of our times should not be lost on you. The Pegasus Project, along with all the other intimidation and surveillance tactics used by the government, affect you, a citizen and consumer of news, very directly. It is you that these forces are trying to manipulate. And they do this by controlling the news you consume. So support us as we fight against these attempts. We are doing our best to bring you the stories that matter. And you must do your bit to keep independent journalism such as ours alive. Subscribe to News Laundry and join the army that keeps news free and democracy alive. The Uttar Pradesh police have booked seven people for allegedly forcing a Dalit man to shave off his moustache. According to the Hindustan Times, the incident took place in the Oband town of Shaharanpur district on Monday. The accused include six upper caste men who assaulted the complainant and the barber. According to the FIR quoted by the Indian Express, they threatened the victim with sharp weapons and forced him to go to the barber's shop. The accused allegedly told him that a moustache was a symbol of pride for the upper caste Thakurs and only they were allowed to keep one. Rajneesh Kumar, circle officer of Deoband police said that the cell phones of the accused were being tracked and they would soon be found. The rains in Maharashtra continue to ravage the state, leaving as many as 136 people dead in the last 48 hours alone. The toll includes 38 deaths in a landslide in Talai village of the coastal Raigarh district. Additionally, eight people who were admitted to a COVID hospital in Chiplun Ratnagiri were killed when waters entered the premises. Collector B.N. Patil said, and I quote, Four people were on ventilator and they could have died due to lack of power. And four people probably died because of trauma. End quote. The situation is worrying in neighbouring states as well, with incessant rain triggering Goa's worst floods in decades. The weather department has issued a red alert for the next 24 hours in six districts of Maharashtra, some parts of Karnataka and isolated parts of eastern and western Madhya Pradesh. Minister of State for Health Bharati Praveen Pawar informed the Lok Sabha yesterday that the central government was not considering bringing in a two-child policy. Indian Express reported that she said that international experience showed that any coercion to have a certain number of children was counterproductive and led to demographic distortions like sex-selective abortions, abandonment of the female child and even female infanticide to intense son preference. The minister's comments are significant given that two BJP-ruled states in the country, namely Uttar Pradesh and Assam, have proposed two-child policies. She added that India was a signatory to the Programme of Action of the International Conference on Population and Development, Cairo, 1994, which unequivocally opposes coercion in family planning. 
The minister also highlighted that the National Family Planning Programme implemented by the government provided citizens with voluntary and informed choices without any discrimination through a target-free approach. With the various services provided under NFPP, she said, the total fertility rate in India has declined from 2.7% in 2005-2006 to 2.2% in 2015-2016. The Australian government has faced severe backlash in its attempt to tackle a sudden rise in COVID cases in the country. BBC reported today that thousands of people took to the streets to protest against the tight restrictions imposed. Freedom is what the people demanded as they marched through the centre of Sydney. They also held up placards that read, and I quote, Drop your mask, raise your voice, and wake up Australia. The most number of people came out in protest in Sydney, while smaller protests were held in Melbourne and Brisbane. Police said that they have made 57 arrests so far. The reimposition of lockdown measures in the country came about after the arrival of the highly contagious Delta variant, which has challenged the country's previous strategy of border closures, quarantine programs and snap lockdowns, which helped keep cases low. Vaccination rates in Australia remain the lowest among developed nations, with fewer than 14% of people jabbed. Al Jazeera reported yesterday that more than 140 Palestinians have been injured in clashes with Israeli troops. The incident took place in the Flashpoint village of Beita in the occupied West Bank. Hundreds of Palestinians gathered in Beita, located in the north of the Israeli-occupied West Bank, to protest the nearby illegal outpost of Eviatar. The area, according to Al Jazeera, has seen regular demonstrations against illegal settlement expansion on Palestinian land. The Palestinian Red Crescent said that 146 Palestinians were hurt by the Israeli troops, including 9 by live fire, 34 by rubber-coated bullets and 87 by tear gas. Jewish settlers set up the illegal Eviatar outpost in early May by building rudimentary concrete homes and shacks. The construction was in defiance of both international and Israeli law and sparked fierce protests from Palestinians who insisted it was being built on their land. That's all the news we have for you today. Stay safe and hold on during these trying times. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.